Summer Skate Studios. This is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast is brought to you by M Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inn and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at drurryhotels.com. Burrito Express, your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey, the 2019-2020 WCHL champions look to make it three in a row. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates, order your custom koozies or shower shoes at summerskates.com and show your game in comfort. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans. Uh, WCHL hockey fans, anybody that loves college hockey, because indeed, ACHA hockey is college hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight from St. Paul, Minnesota. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh, back in the friendly confines of Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, I go a 1,000 miles one direction, you go a 1,000 miles the other direction, and somehow we magically are on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Okay, Stephen's not quite connected yet, so we'll uh, hold on just a minute till we get him on. So all that nice intro and, and, and nobody to answer to it. But trust me, folks, he's there. He's made it back to Vegas. Uh, now I think he's here. So I'm here. Stephen, did you hear that? Did you hear yes. that great intro for you? I did, yes. I, <laughs> I forgot to hit the call-in button. Boy, that's a rookie mistake. Anyways, uh, how are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, you went by car. <laughs> I went by uh, I went by. Uh, planes so it's like a move it's like the movie planes trains and automobiles we just need somebody to go by train and then we have it all covered <laughs> yeah. maybe paul Thank next you. time he goes somewhere he can or jordan, <laughs> jordan goes he can go, they can go by train we can cover it all uh, again, planes trains and automobiles yeah well if we get one to go on a train and put one on a boat maybe we could have all four modes of transportation taken care of um glad to hear you made it back safely great tournament that you uh, were witness to so tonight we're going to do a two-part show kind of uh, the first part, we're going to talk about the uh, tournament that you were just at for how many days? Six days? Seven days? Um, I lost count after that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> uh, so we'll talk about that. They did crown a new national championship in the uh, ACHA M1 division. And, of course, the other divisions still going on as well. Um, unfortunately, we just aren't big enough to cover them all. But um, The M3 uh, was decided too, though. I think that was Oh, yeah. M3 yesterday. also, I believe, was also crowned. But the women's, yesterday. I believe the women's uh, was starting up today. And then I think the, the D2 or the M2, whatever you want to call it, uh, are continuing, uh, I think, t today. Or they, or they started today. But they might have 
started yesterday. I don't know. There was so much going on there. <laughs> I was having a hard time just <laughs> focusing on the, the M1. Um, and then, you know, there's other stuff still going on there at Centene. But, yeah, the M1 wrapped up yesterday. Okay. So what I'll say is the first half of the show tonight, we'll talk about that. We'll kind of recap everything for everybody that may have missed it. I don't know how you could because you did such a great job of covering it for us, and we certainly appreciate that. Um but anyway, if you did miss it, we'll break it down for you and get Steven's thoughts on uh, what it was like in St. Louis. People could have well, been under a rock last week. People could have yeah, been under a rock last it's week. Possible. It's possible. It's yeah. possible. It was spring break. Second, yeah, and then the second half of the show, we'll talk uh, about our WCHL teams and how they fared this season. I, I thought all in all that was a pretty good showing from the WCHL, but I don't want to give it too much away. We'll get into that in the second half. So first things first, let's talk about your thoughts on St. Louis uh, the Centene Community Ice Center, the job that the ACHA and the uh, St. Louis people did. I saw your thank you that you put out. That was very nice. And uh, it, just tell us what it was like for those of us that were not there this year. And, of course, I was there last year, but it was all held at Maryville. Um, but uh, just your thoughts overall. Yeah, and you'll be and you'll be making your way there for another reason, which is for another show. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it was a nice – it was a nice facility. I mean, it's and you've been there before when when Lyndon Woods had um, hosted the NCAA team there, and so you've you've checked it out yourself, and you've told me how nice it was and preparing me for it, and and yeah, it was really a nice facility, and and it's uh it's top notch. I mean, there's just so much. I mean, the St. Louis Blues did a good job of putting that facility together. Obviously, it's the home of, of Lindenwood hockey too, and there's like uh, there's the three ice sheets, and then there's the one outside, which is also an amphitheater for in the summer for for concerts and stuff, which is very cool, and. The uh, outside one is a cool part. That and is it was, just so and, cool. And cool is the operative word because they, they went out there. It was it was cold, and when a lot of the teams were starting to come in, when the tournament Here we was, we go now. Now we're going to start talking about cold for the Vegas boy. Well, <laughs> it was such a the weather was such a contrast because when I got there, it was it was really chilly. It was you know really snowy in some parts of it, you know, and all that. And then when I when I left. It was actually really nice. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish this would have been the weather all the time. But before the days, I was in Centene all day. So even if it would have been warm outside, it was kind of chilly at times in there. So, you know, it wouldn't have mattered too much. But, um, you know, I think the yeah first four days was games. I was there from 10 in the morning till sometimes, well, one day I was there till like after midnight, you know. <laughs> what happened that day? Nothing too big there. but <laughs> We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, no, great facility. The ACHA does a great job uh, putting on the a tournament. Um, I think you know they've 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 kind of changed in how they want to do it. They want everybody to kind of be able to be in one spot. Um, so they they've kind of focused on that, and, and this facility is able to do it. Not everybody's playing at the same time. Like I said, there's still the the women are starting up now, and and the other divisions are, are the other divisions still going on. But um, but to have everybody at the same place, it's 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 better for the ACHA because they don't have to have people in different locations, travel wise, expense wise, everything. Everybody's there already. And uh, and every, all, the whole, you know, and the St. Louis Blues wanted this. You know, they they pushed to have this, and and, and the St. Louis Sports Commission and the, the ACHA was 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 very gracious in in hosting that and 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 allowing it to be there. And it's a it's a it was a great facility, and and it was a great place to have the tournament. That the the fan, there were fans, you know, throughout the thing. Um, you know, especially in the final game, of course, with, with throughout the thing or throughout the tournament, throughout the tournament, <laughs> yeah, throughout the tournament. I love it throughout the thing, <laughs> throughout the tournament, throughout the whole tournament, and uh, so yeah, it was a great okay. place. So, so let me tell you this, and this is to take nothing away from any other city that that has or will host uh, in the future, but 
boy, St. Louis has got to be uh, a spot to come back to because of the fact it's so centrally located, first of all, because of the fact that there's so much room to move around there. That uh, that arena is about, you know, just perfect uh, size for hosting something like that. And you can move around in the lobby, right, and move over to the other side rinks. And like you say, go outside to the uh, amphitheater rink or whatever they call that. Uh, there's just so much room there, well, and, the, and there's so many locker rooms too, and they're and they're really good exactly. locker rooms. They're not yeah. just you know they're they're nice, you know, locker rooms that you would you know you could, you know, they're not ring and ding locker rooms or something like a lot of some facilities might have where you have a few good locker rooms yeah. and the rest are just kind of thrown together. But uh, so yeah, I mean it's 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 well put together, and yeah, it's it's you know that's what ACHA tries to do. You know when it's like next year, it's going to be in in Boston, and now that you know, that's a whole other thing because you know that's on the East Coast. So you know, teams out west, that's really going to be quite a travel. So that's not so much very centrally located. But well, the idea with but the what idea with that is they, this facility that's going to be next year is going to have a lot of ring, and they're going to be able to do all of the tournaments, all the all the divisions at one at the same time frame. So it's going to be this. There's going to be so much going on that year, which I. Which we're going to definitely have to tag team now, although we're still focused on an M1 level. But but yeah, it's a. Uh, but yeah, but being in St. Louis, uh, centrally located, and plus, you know, the St. Louis market is is becoming a, a good hockey market. And and Rick Zombo, after they won the championship, that's a spoiler in case people don't know the result of the tournament yet. But uh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> <laughs> he talks about that, and, and and that video will come out uh, finishing editing and putting it together, and that'll be up soon. But uh, you know, he talked about you know the the market of St. Louis and hockey and stuff, and of course, that's kind of what that's leading to what their next step is going to be, which. Which is you know coming real soon. Which, um, well, we, well, before we before we jump, I'm kind off of in, I'm going to kind of jump into different things here. Let's let's bring all back in. Before we jump <laughs> off on that, I want to tell you that. Uh, oh, I want to tell you. I want you to tell us what it was like sitting in that uh, office of Rick Zombos for the very first time with him staring across at you. <laughs> Did you feel like you're about to get cross checked? Well, and have well, you seen the video of Rick Zombo in? Uh, in college when he went into the stands at, um, <laughs> at Wisconsin. <laughs> no, 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 I haven't, but I, I need to look that up. Uh, 1982 it's, it's, UND Wisconsin. Check it out. Yeah. Okay. It was a bit, a bit intimidating. You're sitting there and I'm, I'm asking him <laughs> the questions, but I almost feel like he should have been the one asking me questions. And, you know, he's sitting there very, very laid back. You know, it, it, it really didn't take long from the time that the game ended. Uh, and I'm talking about the semifinal night to, um, he goes in his office. He's already changed out of his suit and stuff. He's like in a t-shirt now and he's putting, you know, and it's like, he's getting ready to, <laughs> to leave and stuff. And I, I was, he was like gracious enough to let me in for a few minutes and talk with him. And he's like, yeah, I got to get out. I've been here all day and everybody wants to talk to me. And so I, I like to, I'd like to get out of here. So, so, you know, but, but very didn't cross check you. He didn't cross check me. Okay. Good. He answered, good. he answered all my questions and very, um, very thoughtful answers. And, and people can, can see that. I think you posted the semifinal uh, interview up on I the, did. uh, I, I put Instagram. the full thing up on Instagram and I put yeah. a partial one up on Twitter. And then uh, the one from the championship one ran about 12 minutes or something. So uh, it's, it's all good stuff. So it's, it's, there's going to be some parts I edit out, but mostly my questioning because I ramble on sometimes, but so people no. don't need to hear that. <laughs> but uh, anyway. People want to hear more from him. So they're good. That, we can piece it down a little bit, but it's really good stuff. And, and, <laughs> and it can be up on, it'll be up, uh, it, it'll be up soon, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, it, it was Before, really good, really good, and he's he's a nice guy though. I mean, he he's a nice guy, but he's 
kind of gives does you a that. great job. Does a great job coaching and, he, and he uh, articulates coaching, very, very well. Knows the game very well and, and, and loves, loves the team that he has. And, and uh, he was excited to be champions, uh, even though he may, it may not show him in, but there, <laughs> he'll never a show it outwardly. <laughs> there's a moment in there where, you know, he, he, uh, he cracked kind of a smile. Uh, <laughs> no, quite, not quite that far. Tomorrow, but he talks about when he went into the locker room and, and talks about, you know, he doesn't try to get, he usually doesn't get real close to his teams. He does, that's not the way he, he coaches and stuff. And, um, but, you know, I guess he shared a real cool moment when they won the championship last night. So, uh, so yeah, it was real cool and, and happy for them and winning that. Then, of course, number one team all year long and, and, uh, and they win the championship. So, Okay. Before we get into a little more detail on that, I'll tell people why I'm here and why you're back in Vegas. Uh, the tournament's over, so uh, you went back there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I moved I on from Denver for the NCHC Frozen Faceoff, which has the Denver Pioneers and uh, UMD Bulldogs playing, I believe it's 4.07 Friday. And uh, uh, the second game is North Dakota and Western Michigan. The two winners will face off on uh, Saturday night after they make the NHL team play in the afternoon. Love that. Love that. They make the Wild and the Blackhawks go in the afternoon, and the NCAA teams get the spotlight at night. Got to love that. Anyway, that, that was my little plug for that. <laughs> and, and you're back now. You got to do your real job. And then uh, then we start digging into AHL because it's AHL time as well. But Yeah. Okay, yeah, Silver so, Knights will be back in action. I, I'm here to kind of solve the Golden Knights issues because while I was gone, boy, <laughs> they need some of, help. They, they need so some help. They might be giving me a call, so I might be. <laughs> I may be. If you can solve <laughs> them, although I don't know if I have any. To you, buddy. Yeah, I don't know if I have any answers to their problems right now. But <laughs> I have, I have an answer. Go other get than Mark the training Andre deadline, back. other than Go the get, training deadline could be very interesting. We'll see. Go get Mark Andre back. Uh, they're that not going to go down that, that rabbit hole again. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I know they won't, but that to me, that was bad karma. The way it happened and the fact that you you let go of the the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, um, the way that you did, uh, you, you just had to know that bad karma was coming your way. And I hope they shake it off, and I hope they continue on. But um, this is supposed to be a a, a positive a positive yeah. show. So we'll... okay, so we're moving on. We're moving um, on from that. I, as much as I love the Golden Knights, uh, I don't want to talk about them right now. Let's focus on what okay. we just witnessed the last week. Okay, we will. So in, instead of going game by game and breaking down all these, we don't need to do that. Yeah, I want to go over some highlights. And, and, okay? and, before, and, and before that, because some people may be only listeners to this, we did a um, a, a recap show um, recorded uh, every night. Yeah, um, don't talk about that. That didn't come out too well. Well, but I mean, <laughs> the audio on, on most of them turned out okay, so people can go and, and listen to that. There's a couple of nights where the video is not so good, but, you know, just do what you do like with the podcast. You know, just turn on the audio and listen it, to it. Exactly. It, we, we, we tried. It, we tried to do the Zoom thing, but, it but breaks unfortunately down. it wasn't in our hands. But the uh, audio is still is pretty good, and then it, it kind of recaps the night night by yeah. night basis. So it's, yeah. it, that's more in-depth. We're going to kind of talk about it more from a general recap yeah. kind of thing. Okay, so I want to go through a couple of highlights, and then I'll let you go through a couple of highlights. Um, highlight for me was the Maryville University Saints. Uh, they won their first-round game against John Carroll. They lost their second-round game against Iowa State. But my goodness, has John Hogan done a fantastic job with the Maryville Saints? Keep in mind, folks, this is like year three, and two of the years were covid <laughs> so he put together this roster that competed. They came in as the number 14 team, and I think they would have left in the top 10 the way they performed if there was such a thing. Um, so that's my first shout-out. 
The other shout out goes to the Adrian College Bulldogs, who uh, came in number seven, even though they were the defending champions. They had kind of a rough year this year, uh, trying to get into the top 10 and the top three and the whatever. And so they came in at seven. They win 14 nothing over Missouri State, which is just crazy because Missouri State's a good hockey team. I don't know what happened that night. It was just a, definitely an off night for the Ice Bears. But Adrian College wins that one 14 nothing. Then they beat a very good and uh, what I thought was underseeded Ohio University 7-1. to That one wasn't close either. And then they move on and they get Lindenwood uh, in the semifinals. And they get beat by Lindenwood five to one, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked that it got away from them like that. But um, so Adrian College, congratulations on a winning last year and b coming through and getting all the way to the semifinals. Um, I'm going to leave the UNLV one for you because I know you want to talk about that. So my final one is University of Central Oklahoma. Uh, uh, man, what can you say about the Broncos uh, other than roll Joe's, right? Because they they um, they battled their way through a two-one victory over Indiana Tech, then a five, and that was in overtime. That was overtime, right? Yep. And then a five-overtime game, which you witnessed, that kept you there until like after midnight against uh, Iowa State, which was just insane. Yeah, and we even you, had it. We even had the seventh inning stretch played at the end of the seventh <laughs> uh, seventh period. Uh, you know, in baseball, after the se- top of the, you have the seventh inning stretch. Yeah, the uh, the guy running the music played the seventh inning stretch music, uh, taking up the ball game right after the seventh. We went into the seventh intermission. So uh, I love it. Uh, so anyway, UCO uh, came in as number six. They uh, they get through and they beat. Um, the uh, number 11 team. Then they come through and in five overtimes, they beat the number three team. Then they move on. They play UNLV and that was a real battle. And then that one four to two with an empty netter. And then they get to the championship game. And, and I was telling you along the way after that five overtime game and the, and the single overtime game, I'm going like how much gas is left in that central Oklahoma tank? Well, uh, I think it finally ran out about the start of the third period in the championship game because it was a close game. It was a three, two game, right. Um, uh, going into the third period in the title game. And it then, was yes. Yes. And then Linden would just opened it up and uh, scored five goals. And it was just kind of the mercy rule for the third period. But man, yeah. congratulations I, to I, Michael I, Rivera and the, and the chose because they, they really were a team of destiny this year. And, and to claim the second spot is really no shame at all. Yeah, and you know, and really credit to to their goaltender to uh, Benjamin Kelch uh, because he he played in every he started every game and he played in that overtime win the uh, the the game that went to five overtimes and then the UNLV game and then he was in that Lindenwood game and, and really faced a barrage in that second period of the of the championship game. I, I'm looking back at the championship game stats now and and the shots on goal in that period um, was thirteen to three. Well. 17 shots in the first period by Lindenwood, 13 in the second period, 13 in the third period. But the 13 to three margin in the second was a was a big. I mean, Lindenwood really dominated the second period. But the point I'm trying to make here is they only got one goal out of that. So at that point, you know, you're still in the game, and a lot of that had to do with the goaltending. And of course, he had a was in the five overtime game, had to make all those saves in the in the five overtime, and then of course the overtime game before that. Of course, the thrilling game against UNLV really made some big saves there. So uh, uh, credit to him, and I think had Central Oklahoma won the uh, the championship, 
uh, he probably would have been named the M- the MVP because he he really was. Yeah, uh, yeah I totally really agree with you. That that would have been a no brainer. And obviously, the MVP usually goes to the person on the on the winning team, but but he certainly really made a strong case that he could have been MVP of the tournament too. But that you know a lot of the... okay. So so but, I but, gave I so gave yeah you so, mine. So, so now to... you give me yours. Give me your shout outs. Okay. Uh, well, you kind of—I started writing some takeaways. There, you kind of took. A, I want to talk a little bit more about the. Uh, I'll get to you in a minute. I think that it seemed too obvious if I started with that one. But um, one that I kind of—and we—and you touched on it a little bit—was the Ohio uh, upset over Minot State because uh, that was kind of a, a big deal because you had um, Ohio was number fifteen and Minot State was number two, and that seemed like a, a mismatch. You think Minot State is definitely going to take? You know, Minot State this team that's usually at the top there of course they have a new coach but you know it's a lot of the same players the, the systems you know and all that and, and the reputation and everything and uh, ohio you know is is been in the tournament they've been in the past in the upper part but maybe didn't have a strong of season the regular season but uh they came in as 15 and and really beat a a, a minot a good minot state team and, and ohio then of course played their next game against uh an adrian and, and that was a uh, that was tough for them but they you know they held in actually i think yeah, I think that, I think that was the only game they. Yeah, that was the only game they won because. Oh no, they had to win. No, they had to win two games. That's right. Yeah, they, they won had to win, coming in. They yep. had to. They had to win the. They were the fifth. So Niagara. they had to win their. Right. They had to beat Niagara. Then that. Then that thirteen to twenty uh, day. The third first day. Then they beat Minot State the next day. Um. Then they had a day off, which was nice. And then they. And then they had the the game with Adrian. But. But yeah. So. So. so two things to, I want to tell you about Ohio. Number one, I've told you this off uh, off the air, uh, that Ohio was. That in my estimation, really poorly seated. They were seated way too low. They should have been uh, much closer to a seven, eight seed. So, than are you are you They're... faulting the computer for that? I'm not. Don't make me go there, Stephen. <laughs> don't make me go there. Um, so that's what I think on that. And second of all, that was a three-two victory over Minot. So it wasn't like it was a blowout. It could have gone right. either way, all the way to the very end. So I get it. Uh, Ohio played very well. Uh, Minot State got a bit unlucky, I think, to. Uh, to get it, and I think um, Coach Zombo told you in uh, maybe the semifinal one that the the hardest game to play for any team is the first one. Is that correct? Yeah, that that would be correct. And so that was um, so so that's the first game for Minot, right. and they lose three to two, and all of a sudden it's over, and they're on their way home. Yeah, and you kind of saw that with some of the top four seeds. They kind of. It kind of was a, a struggle for them uh, in the beginning. Um, you know, you had the even UNLV pick game, but took a little while for it to kind of get in the Rebels' favor. But they they ended up winning that game, and then you had uh, even even Lindenwood, and, and even Coach Zombo said that the first game, as you said, the first game was not their best, and they only won beat Michigan Dearborn three nothing. So they, you know, that wasn't a and you know, Dearborn I, was a 17 seed who right. who beat Arizona to get there. Right, exactly. So that and then yeah, so. And then Iowa State, that was a clo- as you said, that was a close one with uh, with Maryville. So, so yeah, it was um, right. That first game is the tough tough one to win. And and what's different about this tournament than the, than the D two one or the D three one is that you know those ones have a pool play, so you can lose a game and maybe still have a chance to refine and, and make a run. But you know the national tournament for the D one level, it's win or go home. If you win, you move on. If you lose, then you're done. So, it's very little room for for error. So that was okay, one. Who else, who else do you have for a shot? Are you going to go to your UNLV guys because they deserve it? I, I yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll I'll do that one next. Uh, UNLV for sure, um, advancing to the Final Four for the first time in their program history is certainly a a, a well 
accomplishment and a, a great accomplishment for the program. Um, what they were able to do, um, you know, coming in as a four C two, which is their highest uh, ranking uh, or the highest seed in the uh, ACHA M one level. So uh, congratulations to, to them, and and they really played played well. They were a team that really was confident in themselves um, that they could could get it done. And uh, the Liberty game was a real was a real telling thing because they the they've they've kind of formed a real rivalry with Liberty now. They they played Liberty. Uh, three times in the regular season, once in Chicago, and then the two times in in Virginia, there at Liberty's home facility. So, um, it was it's become quite a, a rivalry now, and they're going to play them next year, uh, you know, in in Vegas as part of a little thing that they're that's going to be going on there. But, um, you know, it's it's become a quite a, a rivalry between the two teams, and and you know we got off to a strong start in the first period, had to hold on, and to kind of get to the semifinals, and and like I said, the they battled with UCO, and and they. They could have. It was a bounce or two, and a penalty or two, and and you know you you might have beat the one in the championship game with with Lindenwood. Um, so you know it's UNLV has nothing to be ashamed of. Um, what they were able to accomplish this year, especially coming off a a non season for the, for COVID, and then having the tournament taken away from them in in 2020, uh, and then to have this season where you know a lot of these players had come in, and and they're only losing three seniors this year, so that's. You know, a lot of these players are going to be back next year, and um, and and have a chance to to compete. So yeah, con- so no, congratulations no. to UNLV. Um, like I said, new a new step for them in this program. Um, getting to the the seating that they did, getting to the semifinals, and being able to and and really a bounce or two away, and they would have been in the championship game. So so quite an accomplishment. I know they were at, at the time at the moment they they're disappointed as as all teams that don't win the championship are, but but I think they'll look back and they'll really uh, appreciate what they accomplished this year and, and the new things that they were winning the Chicago Classic that they were able to win earlier this year, you know, being in the WCHL and, and, and being in that top of the echelon there and, and just what they were able to to accomplish this year. Okay, so so let me give you two, two comments on uh, UNLV. What was their final record? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, I don't. I believe in... I believe I think in the, they lost six games. Yeah, I, I believe they they had an so, overtime, they had an overtime so, loss, I think, or a okay, shootout just, loss. They have four okay, regulation oh, losses. Oh, 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 don't 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 tear down my thunder here. <laughs> I, I think they only lost six games. My point being, Stephen, their nemesis all year was the University of Central Oklahoma. They lost twice earlier in the year at Central Oklahoma and they lose in the semifinals of the national tournament against Central Oklahoma. So to me, uh, that was two teams that knew each other, and uh, for some some reason, they just had a hard time getting over Central Oklahoma. And I think you may have nailed it on the head when you said Central Oklahoma really had a game plan for how they were going to attack uh, UNLV and uh, and get that win in the semifinals, right? Yeah, there's no question that they plan for their opponent. Um, you know, and every team does that, but I think they may do it. Um, and they executed it, I think. And they executed it. They, they're a very physical team, and they love to hit hit around and, and, and bang bodies. And, and I think UNLV does that too, but I, I just don't think they do it to the intensity that, that Central Oklahoma does. And, and obviously uh, part of that was unfortunate that – and it was – Ended up being a penalty because of it, but Jason Demizio, who been a big contributor to the the team in their huge in their tournament contributor, run, 
uh, ended up having to leave the game with an injury. Now, that guy ended up getting a penalty and, and kicked out. That was a little bit too much, but but losing somebody like that didn't uh, help UNLV at, at all. And but even still, though, they were in the game and, and had a chance to win it. So um, yeah, so yeah, Central. It's, it's, it's sometimes it's just one of those things where I know. What a, a team just has your your number, and I don't know when UNLV will will play Central Oklahoma again. Maybe they'll play again next year in the tournament. Maybe I don't. They played already this year in the regular season. Just the way this they do the WCHL scheduling, I'm not sure if they'll meet in a regular season matchup uh, anytime soon. But um, it would be interesting to see in a year or two if 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 the matchup is there again. What 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 it would entail. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, it's uh, sometimes it's just one of those things where a team just it has your number. We see that at every level in, in sports and, and certainly in hockey where it's just you, you just that one team just kind of is your nemesis and you, and you just you can't beat them so um, so the second thing about UNLV is as you know I picked them to make it to the championship game and uh, in picking that I also picked Lindenwood to beat them in three overtimes um, I thought that that's how it would end up and the reason that I thought Lindenwood would win is I thought they were the team of destiny this year um, there's an announcement coming up on Monday. I think the cat's out of the bag. Lindenwood is moving up. Um, it'll officially be announced, I believe, Monday morning, and hopefully I'll be there for it. Um, so I think Lindenwood on their home ice was a team of destiny. They needed it. They wanted it uh, just more than everybody else, and they showed it, and they captured it. Um, so what does that mean for UNLV? Well, if Lindenwood moves up, I think UNLV is, is next year's number one team. I think they're going to be really hard to beat along with Central Oklahoma. And uh, I think with only losing three seniors, UNLV will be in the driver's seat uh, if they play up to their standards Plus, all the way until the championship game of the 2023 ACHA National Championships. Plus, plus whatever recruiting class they might come in and new players that they get that, you know, that they'll add to this, this team, this, this mix. So, um, that's what I'm talking about. That's what right. I'm talking about. They're just bringing back a lot and they're going to have new recruits. And I think, uh, they're the team to beat next year, right off the get go. Certainly central Oklahoma will come back with a vengeance. Uh, Liberty is always there. Adrian's always there. Ohio, as we found out there, Stony Brook, you go down the list, the low, the, the usual suspects, but yeah, with uh, Lindenwood, with Lindenwood out of Lindenwood's tournament to win. Yeah. With, with everything was setting up that way. I was, I joked, and, and I don't mean this in a in a mean way, but I always I was kind of joked that this was like the big coronation for them, you know, to the big send off to the great beyond of the NCAA, uh, because that's what's that's what's next for them in the pipeline, as as you've mentioned, is it's what's coming really soon, and and was alluded to me, and and certainly can I mean it's pretty much out there now, but the players are kind of talking about it. They kind of hinted at it when I was interviewing them, and then Coach Zombo, you know, talks talks about it uh, a little bit in, the, in his post game sound, so. Um, it's happening, and it's there's so be many things that on... so many things that we want to know about that though. Stephen is yeah. A are they going to change logos? Is it going to be and, a different look? And that's why you're going to be there to ask all the hard hitting exactly. questions on Monday. I yeah, was exactly. focused on the ACHA perspective, but you're the NCA guy. You go in there and you get those hard hitting questions about the logo <laughs> and all those things that that give you and Paul and Jordan to talk about on the on the Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday shows. Um, okay, so so Coach Sambo, get ready because I'm coming. I'm ready into your office, and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and the hard hitting questions are on the way. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's talk uh, WCHL from the bottom up, and let's see if we can find some positive things with each one of our teams as we wrap up this episode of uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast in about four minutes. ACHA hockey is college hockey.
Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this 
is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans, as it may be. This indeed is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. The name changed, now uh, about six weeks old. And uh, the reason for it is because uh, we believe that uh, ACH hockey uh, is college hockey and that those players deserve to uh, shed the club label because they put in way too much time and effort and their talent levels are just uh, beyond that. So yeah, the Great so- West College Hockey Podcast, it is. And I said that right as we went to the break there. And I, I said that, and we've talked about that, but there was a sign last night that on the glass, and somebody quipped on, on Twitter, I think it's uh, somebody that you know was close to the show here, but he, he laughed about the sign was very basic, but, but the sign essentially said ACHA hockey is college hockey. And uh, I'll give a shout out to these guys because these guys do humans work too. The House uh, Podcast, um, they they did a great job covering, and they're still there, I think, covering the other ones. But um, they they took a picture of it and posted it on there, and and uh, it's gotten a lot of traction. But uh, there's been some people that have been critiquing that, saying not, that it's not necessary, but it is. I mean, and we've talked about this too. It's the hockey, especially. It's gotten to be, uh, it's gotten real better. Uh, real better doesn't sound. It's gotten a lot better, and <laughs> uh, real better. this is what happens when I've done six days. You know, my my. <laughs> well, you just you're supposed all day, to be so. carrying me, my I man. Know, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely college hockey. It's not uh, it's not that other word that that we used to call this podcast, and and uh, you know it's 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 a real appropriate. Uh, the sign may have been basic, but the uh, the message behind it certainly is very resonant. And and uh, I tweeted out that we couldn't agree more. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's college hockey. It's just another form of college hockey. It's not NCAA hockey, but it's uh, it's a it's it's college hockey though. It's it's definitely well, let, that. And let me equate it to this, Stephen. Uh, we know in professional hockey, there's the ECHL, there's the AHL, and there's the NHL. They're all professional hockey. They're different levels. So there's no reason to call this club because it's not a bunch of guys that, uh, as Chris Perry likes to say, drive around in their van with a keg of beer. Uh, it's, it's guys that actually come to work every day and, uh, they do their schoolwork. They usually work an outside job. Um, and they, they come and play hockey and they play a really good brand of hockey. And as what we're seeing, and the reason I want to bring it up is we start the WCHL recap is the fact that they show up looking like professional hockey players, or at the very least. Uh, NCAA hockey players in the and, way that they dress and carry themselves. And if you watch the the celebration yesterday of the of the Lindenwood players and just you know carrying the the Murdoch Cup around and 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 celebrating, um, you don't think I mean, you don't think they they wanted to win that and and not you know not just because it's you know it's an ACHA championship but that's just how important it was to win that and uh, especially for the the seniors that were were leaving and I got to talk to the senior for the team and that'll. Again, we'll be up uh, hopefully next few day, next day or so. But, but yeah, it's uh, and he was you know he wanted to win this and they want they felt like they could have won it all four years and they just saw how tough it is to to win a championship in any level, and uh, they were able to get it done this year. And, and and but if but we just showed how important it, this this brand of hockey is not you know not the club you know where you're just playing oh because you just want to have a good time and you want to be with your buddies or not. There's there's a competitive aspect to it, and, and you want that call yourself champions and uh, and you got to earn a spot on the roster Stephen. too the, right. these guys are recruited it's very competitive and they're uh, and they compete with open tryouts uh you just don't get a spot because you go to school uh you have to earn the spot and that's why the club label for me is 
is gone. It's uh, it's buried. It's done. It's not coming back again. Um, okay, so here's the thing. I want to talk about that with the WCHL. As we know, COVID uh, disrupted uh, last year uh, when they added uh, some new teams in Utah, UNLV, and Grand Canyon. Um, so this is really the first year that they had to compete. First thing I want to hear from you is what's your overall view of the competition level at the WCH at the WCHL? Because you saw nearly every team, if not every team. Yeah, certainly the the Western uh, Division teams and Missouri State in in person. Uh, you know when they came through out out to Las Vegas and uh, and then I saw a little bit of the Central Oklahoma and when UNLV went there, of course, saw them in the tournament too. And so, same with Missouri State, I guess, and Arizona. Yeah, so I've seen seen a lot of the te- a lot of the teams play, and you know this league is very good. I mean, there, there's not a, a surprise that four teams got in, and it could have been more than that. I mean, there's a couple of teams that were on the the cusp. Uh, Utah was just maybe a couple of wins away from from snagging a spot down there towards the bottom, or you know, Arizona State was kind of making a push when they made the, the coaching change, and, and they were making a little bit of a push. Had they had a stronger, you know, few games, maybe, you know, they would have maybe had this, a spot there. So um, that's six teams right there, and, and that could have been in the in the tournament. Yeah, six out of ten, correct? Six out of ten teams. Um, there's some teams that still have some improvement to, to go about. I mean, Oklahoma kind of struggled this year, so they, they still have some, some work to do. But, you know, it's – you go to any place, it's it's a tough place to play. I mean, Grand Canyon played UNLV very tough, and you know we know how good UNLV is. And, and Grand Canyon, you know they're they're improving every year. They're, you know they're in a lot of games. They had some rough games, but they've also been in some really close contests with some really good teams. So and they right. won some games, some really right. close games. So yeah, yeah. Okay, and, so and, so let's start with the bottom of the WCHL and work our way up. So who do you got first? Well, I guess I'll start with uh, Oklahoma, and and I don't really know, didn't know too much about them throughout the year. I mean, just, just, um, just because of location and the just fact in that location they didn't come your way, right? Just like sometimes people out that way don't know too much about the teams out this way. I mean, just kind of how things go ge- geography wise. Well, um, you, do you have the record in front of you? I'm trying to find it here. Let me. Okay. But I, I, I just say about Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma's, you know, certainly, you know, they've got some uh, improvement ahead of them but you know it, it's um well one thing we know with Oklahoma we know where they're at right <laughs> yes where are they at <laughs> this is in uh in, in Norman <laughs> yeah very good uh, Oklahoma is at Norman and and who's their, their arch rival just across uh across town basically in Edmond right that would be uh, central Oklahoma who's who's the <laughs> The w- I'm sorry. I just had to give you a bad time. Who but... was the WCHL uh, <laughs> champions? So, so the benchmark for Oklahoma is to is to get close to uh, to um, uh, UCO. If they get close to UCO, you know they're going to be close to a tournament team, if not a tournament team. So that's uh, that's pretty easy for them to uh, have a benchmark to work with. Wait, I mean, you, and you look. I find the I found the final standings for the WCHL and. Yeah, and, good. What was their uh, what was their record? You know. Well, they they ended up with uh, thirteen uh, points. Uh, they were uh, two uh, regulation wins, uh, three overtime shootout wins, uh, fourteen losses, one overtime and shootout loss. But that's just I think with WCHL games. I'm not sure what their sure. uh, whole ACHA record was, but 
but yeah, I mean, 13 points, but I mean, they were, you know, there's four teams that were within three points of each other so for, uh, for, you know, six, seven, eight, or seven, eight, nine, and 10. And then you kind of had a few teams in the middle and then the upper echelon. So, um, like I said, uh, Oklahoma's, you know, they, they okay. make a few improvements and make it and get some and get some pieces. I think they have a chance to to not be at the bottom next year. Okay, so who's uh, who's next as we climb the ladder of the WCHL? Well, we mentioned them a few minutes ago, Grand Canyon, and you know, like I said, Grand Canyon's another team that you know they had some really rough games this year, but. It was also were in a lot of really tight games. They won three games in the WCHL, won one in overtime in a shootout or shootout. They had 12 regulation losses and then uh, four overtime and shootout losses. That's the point I want to look at is that they had four overtime and shootout losses, and uh, and that means they were in a lot of games and went to extra time, and and they could have – those were games that could have gone their way. So, I yeah, mean – could have gone either way, right? Either way, so – you know, they ended up with 15 points, but they could have been up there in, you know, up, up in the 20-point range or maybe knocking at the door at Arizona State, which is up a little bit higher. So, again, that's well, another here, team that, that here's you know. the they thing get... with Grand Canyon, Stephen. Uh, Danny Roy does a great job of recruiting. He's a lot like uh, um, John Hogan in the fact that they haven't been around very long, but they're making strides quickly. So look for Grand Canyon, I think, to become and... more of a power uh, down the stretch. Well, and and there was one week I think too. <laughs> it just seems crazy to me that they they cracked the top twenty five. I think there was one week in the yes, there was. I believe the, they were twenty four, weren't they? Yeah, twenty four to twenty five. So yeah, they they were in there in the top twenty five there for for at least one of the weeks. Uh, so that's that's an accomplishment in itself. So okay, um, who you got next? Uh, next would be Colorado State. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Rams. You probably didn't see them play. I saw them uh, a couple of times. Um, they, uh, they're a team that, that again, uh, surprised some people. I mean, uh, they play hard every single game. They got a new coach, an assistant coach that came over from Jamestown and took over the program, so they were with a first-year coach. But uh, I saw what they did towards the end of the year, and they were scary. Uh, if there had been a playoff format, um, I wouldn't have wanted to play them. Yeah, no question, and 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 you mentioned this, and I think this is important. Is is we just came off a a year of COVID where it wasn't a season, so for some of these teams, there's there's more of an adjustment than others. So now it'll be interesting that all these teams have had a year under their belt of coming, you know, back, playing a full year. You know what? Now they can make changes, adjustments, and and see what the next uh, year provides. But you know that that place where they play there, Colorado State, is a pretty good advantage they have. Like they they can get a good crowd in there and. And it's, they seem to do pretty well in their home ice, uh, which is always a uh, which is always a positive thing. So yeah, and if you get bored, you just go swimming. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah a exactly. Pool within the building, folks. right, right, yeah. Uh, the, anyway, uh, Epic is what it's called, the uh, ice and yep. pool center. So <laughs> yep, the Eldora Ice and Pool Center. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, look for the Rams to be improved, and uh, it sounds like we're saying everybody's going to be improved because that's what's going to happen. This league is going to be really something next year. Um, okay, who's next? Uh, Colorado, another team that you had a chance to see a couple of times. Yeah, they're uh, they're a really good uh, a team that's on the rise already because they've got some talent. They lost some talent, obviously, to graduation this year. Um, and Mr. Trunco, uh, who uh, I've gotten to know pretty well, 
uh, will be leaving um, as their captain. But uh, boy, what a good job that program um, has done and, to hold everything together in, in Boulder. And he's, he's going to have a job much better. And he wants to take ours. your job. <laughs> you can have it. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> uh, after a week at the ACHA National Championships, you're giving it up, huh? <laughs> uh, you are not. Okay. Um, so, uh, so Colorado is a team that uh, is already on the rise and will be even better again next year. And again, they were one of the teams that just uh, COVID bit them hard and they were restricted as far as what they could do the year before. So it really took them about half a, uh, half a season to really start putting things together again. But trust me, that team will be a force to be reckoned with down the road. Who we got next? Uh, next one is Arizona State. All right. They, what do you what do you say about Arizona State? They made a coaching change midseason, and, uh, and and that really seemed to all of a sudden they sparked yeah, them. Yeah, that think that you know that that sparked them, and we and that can happen too. I mean, we see coaching changes also in in uh, in all sports, and you know this one was you know this is a little bit interesting when it's done at this level, but it's obviously they felt like a change was needed, and they got and they got a new coaching crew in there, or at least the new head man, and and it's uh it really seemed to propel them in that last part of the season like i said earlier if you know they they were they making make, a push team. they were making there been a, a couple more weeks they were in the top 25 i think at, at, at some point and so they were they were making a push and had the season been a few more weeks and they might have gotten a few more wins some strong wins because that's how the computer determines it too is they might have made oh, a push you said to... that word again stop saying <laughs> computer on well, the show well that's how it's determined <laughs> i know that's how it's determined. i know so yeah so uh, they could have made a, a they could have uh gotten a spot too so um that could be a very dangerous team next year um just now you'll have a new new coaching staff they'll be or a new know, building a new building yeah over to the new building so they'll be on the right. auxiliary rink i believe and maybe get some games on the big rink but um yeah, so just, they're gonna move over to a new building where they'll have their uh brand new spanking uh locker rooms and all that so good stuff so it's always kind of itself will be nice it's 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 always kind of amazing because you know arizona state and has an NCAA program and they also have a D1 pro, uh, ACHA M1 program, M2 program. They have a women's program. So there's a lot of hockey uh, out there in that area and a lot of, a lot of spots. And so it's, uh, you know, you kind of, there's kind of a competition. I don't know if that's a word because you got the, you got the, the top program and, but you know, it, it can be a motivating factor because it's, it, it rare, but, it did happen in one case. You had a goaltender that started his career with the, more. with the ACHA program and ended up finding some he, time with the NCAA program. Yeah, and, he went uh, as a backup, uh, emergency backup last year when they had illness with COVID. And uh, Coach, he was going to graduate and move on. And Coach Power said, yeah, I've got a spot for you as the third goaltender on the NCAA team this year if you want to come back and go to one more year of school. And uh, Bronson Moore, on his way to being a doctor, said, why not? And uh, came back and uh, and was a, a a pretty big practice piece for the NCAA team this year. He did get to play the last game. He, they started him as a senior, uh, played a few minutes, and then uh, played a few minutes at the very end in a victory over um, LIU. So, um, yeah, and things can happen. So look for Arizona State to be a different team from start to finish next year. Who you got next? Next is Utah, and I'll take this one because uh, this is a program that 
uh, I'm really impressed with. Uh, they didn't make the tournament this year, but they were right on the cusp. And, you know, they, they, they could have gotten in if, if things went better than the last weekend of the, the regular season. Uh, coach Feeney, um, the, the junior, the head coach, also the father on, on the coaching staff, uh, A.J. Bolden, who heads the program um, on, the, on the GM front, uh, they have really put a lot of effort into really improving uh, that program. And I, I think they really, really have. A, again, it's a, it's a situation where they came in, the Feenies, and then they came in and they didn't have a season because of the pandemic. And so they, they were in there, but they weren't able to play games. So they got their team together and, and had a season and, and were very competitive in a, most of their games. They were – it was very com- very competitive uh, – games and that's what you want and and in fact let me oh, look at they, what they were so close steven they were so close well, and i think chris berry told them um that the part of the reason why they didn't get in is their strength of schedule um yeah. not only the wchl but they needed to play some better teams i think in the uh yeah in the non-conference part of it and, and that is that is certainly a part of it they they played mostly wchl schedule i think they played a few games outside of that by playing um WCHL teams again that didn't count for WCHL points. So they played some opponents more than the, the WCHL schedule uh, minimum. So, um, so they kind of stuck with, with mostly WCHL points, which is, which is a strength because this league is, is strong, but, but yeah, they didn't play like, uh, you know, a lot of they those didn't teams, play Liberty. Like, they didn't like play a UNLV down. plays or play Arizona think. play, you know, and, yeah. and the teams that you need to maybe play to prove yourself. But I think now that they have a, a year under their belt together. And I think, they can, you know, they'll make improvements and, and adjustments and stuff as, as players will, will leave and they'll bring players in that I, I think they can be a team. Like I said, they were, they were really close to getting a tournament spot. They, I think they even had one there at one point in the season, they were in the 15 or 14 in the, in the, in the, in the computer rankings. And, uh, and again, this is their first year of actual game time right? in the WCHL. So look for Utah to be a force next year. Who do you got next? Uh, Arizona. Let me take that one. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my good it? friend, my good friend, Chad Berman. Happy birthday. First of all, coach, uh, your birthday today. Um, and it, there is no coach in any level of hockey that works harder than Chad Berman. He coaches that team single-handedly. You saw it when he got ejected, uh, unfortunately against UNLV, they had no other coach. They had to bring uh, Tanner Harris, I think up the, uh, the, they're kind of, hockey development guy or hockey director i don't know if they did at that time but i think since that instance happened they tanner i think they added him him, went through whatever the certification was so he can be a coach if that happens but yeah chad berman's usually the only guy on the bench coaching and when that happened he when he got kicked out there was nobody on the coaching bench and and i and they were going to overtime i believe weren't they and then what was crazy about that is they ended up tying the game and had to go to overtime and then eventually lost but um and I didn't know that you could play a game without a, without a coach if he got kicked. I mean, but I guess the game already going on. So that's kind of an interesting <laughs> scenario. You just have the, the captains, you know, t- running the lines and everything, which is kind of, kind of crazy, but, um, but you know, Chad Berman so, does everything listen, himself. So that's, so let me finish this, uh, this run on uh, Arizona. Number one, does he do it all himself uh, on the ice and all the coaching stuff and all the recruiting and all of that, which will change uh, very soon. They're getting a new building, but everybody knows the ice issues they had. Well, in addition to not having ice all during the pandemic, so they couldn't even uh, fun skate if they wanted to, 
Um, they come back, they got to practice in, in the Phoenix Metro area um, and take that drive up every day to, uh, to get some ice time. And then in addition to that, they go through COVID at least once, maybe once or twice uh, during that time. So they get set behind that. Then they start the season on the road at Utah on the Olympic ice sheet at elevation. Uh, so, I mean, this whole season from, from the very start uh, was stacked against the Wildcats, and yet they managed to find their way into the national tournament, and they very nearly beat a Michigan-Dearborn team. It was a 2-1 game. So um, Arizona will reload. They will get better. They will add some people, I'm sure, to the coaching staff. And two years down the road, they're going to be in a brand-new building, and then, then watch out for uh, the Wildcat rush. Okay, who you got next? Uh, next one is UNLV, and we won't you take that one. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about them uh, during the tournament recap. Uh, so I guess what T- more talk can we... about their record? T- tell us what their record is because I thought they were impressive all season long. And yeah, like I said, uh, well, save for save for uh, uh, UCO. Yeah, uh, well, you take you give those three wins to them if they were able to beat them. That record is what add add three wins and take away three losses. Yeah, well, the only blemish that they had in the WCHL schedule, they had 20 uh, games officially in the WCHL schedule, and they had two losses to Central Oklahoma. They had one loss at home to Arizona, and actually that was their only um, – I'm going to think about this now. That was their only home loss all season long was that one game against Arizona. Uh, the rest of the season they, they went undefeated at home. I'm going to think about that for a second. Yeah, I believe that is correct because they only lost – I think in the regular season they only lost – Four games in regulation, one in overtime, uh, that or shootout actually, because it was at, at Arizona State they lost a shootout game, then they lost the, the two at Central Oklahoma, then they lost the one at Arizona, and then they lost the oh no they lost the one at home to Arizona, and then they lost the one at Liberty, and the rest of the season that they won, so they had a 16 game yeah, winning streak at one that's point. That's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> you could tell I, remember, I I follow their program closely, obviously being here in Vegas and. Um, but uh, they had a 16-game winning streak at one point uh, this season, so that that was really impressive. Um, actually, after that Arizona loss, that, that was where they started to, to rattle off that streak, and then eventually it ended in, uh, um, I think it ended in, uh, in Liberty, yeah. So Okay, what do you got next? And, of course, they were number four. They went to the tournament, made the final four for the first time ever. I know that. We all know that. What's next? No, I know, but just Who's the next team? We're running out of time. Okay, I'll let, you, <laughs> I'll let you take Missouri State then. Uh, the Missouri State Ice Bears. Uh, they started off gangbusters. They were the team that I thought was going to be the real surprise uh, of uh, the WCHL. They had a good season. They came into the tournament number 10. Uh, everything was doing uh, just fantastic. And then something happened after the Christmas break, and they just – couldn't seem to get that same momentum back. And unfortunately it followed the ice bears all the way into the national tournament, uh, which was tough because uh, we know how hard they work. We know their talent. Um, and it's just one of those things. I, I don't know if the coaches have been able to put a finger on it yet, but the ice bears uh, just struggled down the stretch and uh, still got into the tournament as a number 10 seed because of what they did the first half. It's just unfortunate that they were, uh, not able to, to continue that strength. And I'm sure they'll learn from it, and I'm sure they're going to come back bigger, stronger, and better next season. So keep your eyes on the Ice Bears. That's a program that's solidified in uh, in what they want to do. They know how they want to do it. It's well run, and uh, they will be back and, and fighting for a top spot in the WCHL 
no doubt. Who you got number one? Well, number one was the champs of the WCHL this year. That was Central Oklahoma. Where are they at? <laughs> in uh, in Edmond, Oklahoma. Yes, yes. Good job, Stephen. <laughs> and uh, they were they were like you said a, a force to be reckoned with all year. They they had 18 wins in the WCHL, only two losses uh, this year. Um, they came in the tournament as a number uh, six seed, and we talked about what which, they did. by the way, I I think that was that wasn't wasn't low enough for them. They should have been uh, probably a five or possibly even in the top four. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so they they had a really uh, good season on on their front. Um, you know, it again they made that run in the in the national tournament. Uh, they're a team that has a history of winning championships. They've won a couple in their history. And uh, you said this is a, you know, fairly new uh, re- regime with, with Michael Rivera, and he's a great coach. And This is his first year, actually, of getting games. Second okay. or third year as coach, but first year of getting games because of COVID. Right. So uh, impressive there and and represents the, the WCHL. And also their fans, too, very – very passionate uh, fans. I, I got to see some of them in person at uh, Centene, and they let in, you know they're there, don't they? They let you know they're there, and uh, and their games too at their place. Um, I haven't been there obviously in person yet, but just hearing you know, when asking them about their 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 support and stuff, and they have a really good home ice, and and uh, so and I don't know, if, and I'm not sure they lost at home this year. Actually, I don't know. Those two losses may be uh, on the road, but. Um, they didn't lose too many games either. I think they and only they lost. They really lost four games over. They lost four games overall. I think during the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, they played some really good competition. They yeah. played Lindenwood, I believe. Yeah, uh, and maybe even Iowa State. I can't remember for sure. Yeah, so they this they had already so. played Lindenwood this year, so that was uh, something for them to to look at. But um, real impressed with their program, um, and they the, the way they play. It's a it's that they hit you around. They they're physical. And uh, you've got to be ready for them. And even if they play a five-overtime game like they did in the championship uh, or the uh, semifinals, or no, before that even, no, uh, before they got to the semifinals, uh, you know, it's – Single it's overtime, five overtime. Five overtime, <laughs> yeah. I mean <laughs> – then they, then they win a close one against UNLV in the and, semis. And they really – And they and, get and, to the championship game, and they uh, just ran out of gas, I think, in the third period. Right, yeah, and, and two periods there. I mean, they, they got down 2 nothing. And then they came back and, and tied it up with two goals. And, that, and, 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 and let me just set the scene for the championship game because there was a real push. Um, I believe that what I understand, I don't know what the exact number was, but the St. Louis Blues alumni had purchased um, a, a number of tickets. I, I don't think know, 400. Like 400 maybe. Yeah, 400 or so. And they handed them out to, to students uh, at Lindenwood University um, if they wanted to come and watch. So there was a lot of, or maybe anybody, maybe not just students, but just anybody in the area. And so they could come and, and watch their, their team the play. Seats. And it was very loud in there. It was pretty full in there. And and then, of course, you had a little contingent of UCO fans, but they were making their presence uh, known. And, and certainly when they tied it up, they were into it. Um, and I mentioned that second period where uh, all the barrage of shots that they faced and, and the goaltender only gave up one goal, made it 3-2. to two. And so it was a game at that point. And then, yeah, I think you're right. I think they just ran out of gas there. And, and Lindenwood, I think, it sensed the blood in the water and they knew how close they were to achieving what they wanted to achieve. And they just turned it up another notch in that third period, and and took it took it, took the game away. But um, but that just says you, it just shows you how good of Central Oklahoma is. So 
Um, they're going to be really good, and I, I think they're going to be the favorite. It's going to be hard to wrestle that trophy away from them. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. The, and you uh, the, might have to wrestle it away from them the way they, the style of play that. I, but but I also want to ask you this real quickly. I know we're running out of time. Um, you had a chance to interview the big Russian Vitali mm-hmm. Mikolov, and uh, Vitali was was uh, a really good interview. If you haven't seen that, folks, you need to get back to the Twitter account. Uh, A-C-H-A uh, underscore I-T-H-S-W and see that because that was quite of a, a fun interview for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was fun. I I uh, really enjoyed that. I loved loved his his answers on on those questions, just the, that accent and stuff. And and um, so yeah, that was that was really cool to 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 see. So if the, as you joked with me, if the Golden Knights are looking for some new some new Russians to join the organization. We have, they have one right there, Central Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, that's kind of putting a, a, a cap on, on this season as everything now is wrapped up. Uh, Steven and I aren't going anywhere because there's all okay. kinds of stuff to talk about all uh, all summer long. Now and, we got to go into off-season mode again. Yeah, off-season mode. We, and we had be... off-season mode for about a, about year a year. And, a <laughs> <laughs> and then finally we had a, a season, and boy, what a season it was. What a... What a what a return to normalcy, and I know COVID is still circling, but but the, just I think we're kind of we're in a good place now, and and we ha- we're able to get through a season with very little disruptions with COVID, and uh, the tournament went smoothly, um, and so I, I think to kind of have this return to to normalcy, because I kind of bring back when we started doing these, I started doing these podcasts with you, we we were kind of on the cusp of a tournament, and then then COVID happened, and everything shut down, and and all that's on the, we've been trying to climb the hill since then and now we're we had the season a full season a fairly normal season and uh and we were able to crown a champion in a in a normal way so uh it's nice and, and now we go in off season mode uh, so i think we can handle a few months because we did it yeah. for about a year, a year yeah we got it we got we had to fill a lot of, of, lot of we had to be, fill a lot of shows uh during that time but there'll be we'll, there'll be golf tournaments fundraisers oh, yeah. recruits Recruit there'll be all stuff. kinds of stuff to talk yeah. about steven and i'll be here every wednesday night to bring it to you uh, as we say goodnight, we'll say one more big congratulations to the uh, Lindenwood Lions for capturing the uh, 2022 ACHA National Championship. And take it away, my friend. The From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona. ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates. Whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. Buy M-Drive. Real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Suites. Our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at drurihotels.com. And by Burrito Express. Authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. 
ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. And let me add two things. First, thanks to everybody who's uh, started following us on Twitter uh, during the tournament uh, with uh, all the coverage we were providing. We've, we really jumped uh, on the Twitter followers, and, and hopefully we can continue to be worth the follow, and we're going to do our best to do so. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to a, a bird that was making its presence known in Centene the whole time. There was this bird flying around and hitting in this, going up in the ceiling and flying around to the different seats. And I think it was the same bird the whole time because uh, you, you occasionally would see this bird flying around. And it never really interrupted the game, per se. It didn't make its way onto the ice, but you could see it flying around up towards the, the, the ceiling and flying around some of the seats and stuff. So The, the um, Lindenwood birds. <laughs> so shout out to that that bird uh, that made it. Made its way under the uh, uh, well and, done, and, and that's a wrap on the uh, the tournament there. Absolutely, we'll say good night, little Roger Klein, the peacemakers, De Niro. I'll tell everybody to tune in. Uh, special podcasts uh, Friday and Saturday night, uh, leading uh, into the championship at the Frozen Faceoff, as well as the Atlantic Hockey Final Four. Paul Hornstein and I will bring it to you, and then of course next week a full slate of shows as well. Seven thirty p.m. Mountain Time is the normal start time. And uh, we are the Quad Pod of College Hockey Podcast. Good night, everybody.